All right, folks, Denrock here with the Borderlands podcast, Enlightenment from the Fringe. Uh, this episode's going to be a bonus episode, just myself, monologue style, um, doing this in response to listener feedback. Um, comment from Wraith1013 um, suggests that I talk about the differences between whiskey uh, spelled with an E-Y and whiskey with, spelled with just a Y at the end. And uh, this arose, I think, uh, after listening to episode one with Sam Denning. We had a brief discussion about bourbons. So uh, listen up for a bonus episode uh, dealing with whiskey versus whiskey on the Borderlands podcast. Welcome, everyone. Um, no episode number here. We're just going to call this bonus episode Whiskey versus Whiskey. Um, first of all, I want to thank uh, the listening community for getting me 128 listens up to this point, um, which, to be honest, is more than I thought I would get uh, with just three episodes. Never thought there would be much interest. Um so thanks a whole bunch for getting us past the century point, and um, we're going to keep this going. I've got at least a couple guests lined up to come in and record with me um, in the very near future. Uh, but in the meantime, I hope uh, you guys can digest and consume this uh, bonus episode. So Sam and I talked about um, bourbon and what it takes to be bourbon uh and this uh, listener named wraith 1013 suggested we talk about differences between whiskey and whiskey spelled ey versus y at the end um i did primarily some internet research on this i mean i thought i knew the answer pretty well off the top of my head i'd you know looked into this in the past i'd i this is going years back. I just noticed one day um, the labels of two different bottles of whiskey were spelled differently. And I thought, what in the heck is this crap? And I looked into it and it turns out that uh, the most widely accepted difference between the two is just um, where the whiskey is made. Uh, but to begin with, let's talk, what is whiskey? Um, Whiskey spelled either with E-Y or just Y is a distilled spirit made from a fermented mash of various cereal grains um, and then aged in wooden containers. The most common grains that are used in the production of whiskey are corn, barley, wheat, rye, some others. Um and then the most common container, uh, the most common wood used in these uh, aging containers is oak. I suppose that any sort of hardwood uh, could be used, although I've never heard of anything else. Uh, but, you know, m- maybe stuff such as maple, um, hickory, walnut, 
I, who knows? I, I don't suspect there are any spirits that are aged in um, evergreen casks or, or, or fur casks, for example. Um, and oak is a very abundant tree worldwide, I believe. Certainly in the United States. Um, so it makes sense that it would be aged in oak. Um, now let's talk about the two different spellings. <clears throat> Whiskey spelled with uh, with simply a Y at the end uh, is considered to be, uh, in general, the spirit produced in Canada, Scotland, Japan, and some other countries. Uh, whiskey with an EY is generally uh, what we refer, we refer to the spirit produced in the United States and Ireland. Um, whiskey in general, that's with, with a Y or with an EY, is an anglicization of the old Gaelic word for water, which is, um, I'm not exactly sure how to spell this, but or, or how to pronounce this. It's spelled U I. S C E or U I S G E. And I think you would pronounce that whiskey or whizgay. Um, the U I S C A is, um, the modern Irish, uh, spelling or pronunciation or adaptation. And, uh, U I S G E is the Scottish Gaelic, uh, interpretation of the old Gaelic word for water. And why would they use the term for water? That's very curious, right? Oh, if you go back to um, the days of ancient Rome, when they spoke Latin, uh, distilled alcohol was classically, classically referred to as aqua vitae, which translates to water of life, um, which is... Interesting because what we, from what we know now, the overconsumption of alcohol, including distilled spirits, beer, wine, is uh, potentially detrimental to one's health. And I would not even refer to it as the water of life, except jokingly. Um, but yeah, so that's where that's where the word whiskey comes from. Um, it's an old word for water. Um, and it, it also makes sense in that water is the primary ingredient in whiskey. Now, contradictory to um, one of the earlier statements that uh, whiskey with an EY refers to uh, those spirits produced in the United States in Ireland. Um, if you read... The United States Standards of Identity for Distilled Spirits. Anytime the word whiskey appears in that document, which is tens and tens of pages long, there must be hundreds of uh, references to to whiskey. But every time that word shows up, it's spelled W-H-I-S-K-Y without the E. So that's contradictory to what we said earlier that Whiskey with an EY refers to the spirit produced in the U.S. Um, and then you can also look further that some uh, American-made whiskeys on their label spell the word W-H-I-S-K-Y. Um, 
And I'm looking at some on my countertop here, namely George Dickel, which is a Tennessee whiskey, um, Maker's Mark, and Old Forester. They all spell whiskey without the E. Uh, so that's that's contradictory to the common wisdom. So what that tells me is this this is literally, the, the spelling is just a personal preference, clearly. Um, I'm sure that some traditionalists would argue with me, but, uh, I mean, look at, hell, look at the uh, United States federal description of whiskey. It's, it's spelled without the E. Um, so let's spend some time talking about American whiskey versus Scottish whiskey. So American whiskey spelled however you want it, but primarily it's referred to uh, as whiskey with an EY. Bourbon is probably the most familiar American whiskey. Um, and if you recall, Sam and I had a discussion about this in episode one, but here are the criteria for bourbon. Um, the grain bill for bourbon must be at least 51% corn. <coughs> the distillate must be aged in new, unused, charred oak barrels. Uh, the product must be produced in the United States. It must be distilled to no more than 160 proof. That's 80% alcohol. <laughs> it must be placed in the barrel uh, at no more than 125 proof. Um, for bourbon in general, there's no length of aging specified. However, to be called straight bourbon, it must be aged for at least two years. Uh, and then the product has to be bottled at at least 80% or higher. That would be... 160 proof. That means, I'm sorry, 80 proof or higher. That would be 40%. Um, there's also this concept of bottle and bond when you look at uh, bourbon. And I think, and I guess this can also be applied to uh, whiskey in general, but I've seen it mostly uh, used in uh, in bourbons. And this goes back to prohibition where um, there's a lot of shady operations out there that were making, uh, quote, whiskey that didn't contain ethanol. You know, it might have methanol. Uh, it might have formaldehyde, gasoline, peroxide, kerosene. I mean, who knows what they put in these things. Whatever they could add that uh, would potentially be an intoxicant uh, or whatever they could add that might make it give it an aroma of a distilled spirit um, because people at the time were desperate. You know, alcohol was illegal. Uh, but once prohibition was lifted, um, the United States federal government came up with a bottle and bond uh, legislation that said, I mean, and this, this basically just guaranteed that what you were drinking was what was on the label. The, if the label said bottled and bond uh, whiskey at 50% concentration, you knew that that's what was in the bottle. Uh, you knew that it was aged for a certain length of time. You didn't have to worry that it was some uh, bathtub whiskey or um, some other product. Um, a second American whiskey product is corn whiskey. Uh, this is a whiskey made from a 
grain bill consisting of at least 80% corn. And I would say this is what we most commonly refer to as moonshine. Uh, Although the corn whiskey may be aged or it may not be aged. There's no requisite for aging. Moonshine, I think, refers to unaged corn whiskey. Um, Corn whiskey could also be considered uh, bourbon because it's 80% corn is greater than 51%, which is what is required for bourbon. Uh, If only corn whiskey were aged in um, brand new charred oak barrels, uh, bottled or distilled to 160 proof bottle, 125 proof, blah, blah, blah. Corn whiskey could be considered bourbon, but I think that corn whiskey is what we all use to refer to moonshine or white lightning, white dog, whatever the stuff that's clear or colorless um, and just smells of corn. It doesn't have any wood smell to it. Uh, Next there's malt whiskey. Malt whiskey consists of a grain bill that is at least 51% malted barley. And if you don't what, uh, if you don't know what a malted grain is, malting is just the process. uh, Malting is allowing that seed to begin germinating, you know, to begin turning into a plant more or less that seed has a lot of energy stored in it in the form of starch or these very long complex chains of sugars Uh, when the seed undergoes a malting process it breaks apart the long chain sugars and the very shorter chain sugars or even um, the simplest sugars such as dextrose fructose um, which are fermentable the, the longer chain uh, sugars or starches are not fermentable. They, they have to be converted into these very simple sugars in order to be fermented. So a malted grain is one that's allowed to begin germination, but only begin germination. Then it's stopped by a heat process or, you know, a toasting or a roasting process. Because obviously you don't want the seed to uh, entirely convert into all these simple sugars because then you would just be it would just be a plant. It'd be a stem with some leaves on it. Um, but what, what we're really after in a malted grain is, um, the beginning of the formation of these sugars, but the, the increase in concentration in, uh, amylase, uh, enzymes, uh, that those are the machinery, if you will, that, that cleave these long chains of, uh, starches, into their constituent simple sugars. So malt whiskey is made up of at least 51% malted barley. Rye whiskey refers to that whiskey, which is at least 51% rye. Then then there's rye malt whiskey. That's at least 51% malted rye. Wheat whiskey is at least 51% wheat in the grain bill. Um, and then... Well, I'll talk briefly about Tennessee whiskey. I mean, there's probably other categories of whiskey in American whiskey, but I think these are the most common. Tennessee whiskey is basically the same um, mash as bourbon. It's primarily corn. Um, there's going to be some malted barley in there, probably some rye and or some wheat. Uh, but the difference with Tennessee whiskey is that uh, the purity law established for this product requires it to be filtered through sugar maple charcoal prior to the aging process. 
Um, and that's what sets a product like Jack Daniels apart from bourbons. Um, it's, uh, I guess, a question of purity, clarity, whatever. Um, and there is a significant difference in taste. I would, personally, I would argue that Jack Daniels has less, a less complex um, aromatic sense and a less complex taste. But, boy, is it smooth to drink. Uh, so that's, in a nutshell, some American whiskeys and what makes up the American whiskey. We'll talk a little bit about Scotch now, or Scottish whiskey. Um, the requirements for Scotch whiskey is that it must be produced in a distillery in Scotland from water and malted barley, uh, to which only whole cereal grains may be added. Um, this ma- this um, combination of water and malted barley and other cereal grains must be processed at that same distillery into a mash. It must then be converted to fermentable substrates only by endogenous enzymes. And these are these amylase enzymes I mentioned before in the malting process. Um, it must be fermented uh no it must be yes fermented at that same distillery using only yeast and then it must be distilled to less than 190 proof um now what i meant to go into with uh bourbon especially bourbon has this requirement that it cannot be distilled to greater than 160 proof or 80 percent concentration um this, these rules exist so that these products uh, retain an aroma and a taste profile um, of its constituent ingredients. Um, if you distill something up to 190 proof, oh, well, you're going to lose a lot of the, the corn flavor, the wheat flavor, the rye flavor. All you're going to taste is ethanol. Um, and I think that's what separates... Uh, you know, what's commonly referred to as a neutral grain spirit, such as vodka. Vodka can be made from a number of sugar sources. Um, Traditionally from rye, uh, potatoes. Um, Nowadays, a lot of vodka is made from uh, sugars derived from grapes. Uh, But anyways, vodka is distilled over and over and over and over again. Uh, bourbon and, and other whiskeys are traditionally double distilled, uh, but vodka, I think, you know, you pick up a bottle of vodka off the shelf and it'll say six times distilled or seven times distilled. Usually this, this is a, accomplished through a column still where you can just run it through one time, but there's an, the column contains so many plates in it, six plates, seven plates, and each plate that it has is considered a distillation and as that uh, vapor progresses through the column and keeps hitting these plates and you know condensing and vaporizing condensing and vaporizing you get a more and more concentrated uh, alcohol or ethanol Um, but back to my original point the the more pure you distill your ethanol to the less taste and aroma that ethanol 
retains from its constituent ingredients. Um, and I think bourbon does a great job at regulating that the, the, the product is go, only going to be distilled to 80% purity. It's going to be bottled at um, 125 proof. So you know that that stuff's going to retain a color. Or, well, it doesn't retain a color. It acquires the color in the barrel. Uh, let's walk this back. It's going to retain the, the aroma and the flavor of its constituent parts, such as the corn, rye, barley, even the yeast. You should still be able to taste that in the bourbon. I'm very uh, perplexed by the fact that scotch, according to what I read on the Internet, um, may be distilled up to 190 proof. I don't know how much taste uh, and aroma of the original ingredients that retains, but but it does. I mean, that's that's what sets scotch apart. Um, what uh, what to go on? What is the requisite for a whiskey to be considered scotch? Uh, in addition to the previously mentioned mentioned um, concepts, it must be wholly matured in Scotland in casks no larger than seven hundred liters for at least three years. A 700-liter cask is pretty big. I think that's like 170, 180 gallons. That's over, I think, over three times the size of an American whiskey cask. Um, But then uh, scotch has that requirement, a very specific requirement for aging of at least three years. Um, There's also a line in the, uh, and this is derived from some, United Kingdom document. I can't remember the title of it, but there is a line that actually says that the product must retain the color, aroma, and taste of the raw materials used in and the method of its production and maturation. Um, There may be no additives except water and plain caramel coloring. I think that's interesting that they may augment the um, visual appearance of scotch by adding color, but the, uh, there was a reference to some actual um, product number or, or chemical code for whatever uh, caramel coloring they can add. I, I forgot to write that down in my notes, but it's very specific which product they can use to color it. Um, and then scotch must be bottled at a minimum of 80 proof, and that's 40% alcohol. And that's the, That's the same bottling concentration as uh, bourbon. Now, how how does scotch get its characteristic flavor? Scotch is very smoky in nature. Um, and that is owing to the uh, malting process. They In Scotland, they, they malt barley just like we do in the United States. Uh, however, they... They toast their grains very often over um, a peat-fired uh, kiln. And peat has a very distinct uh, aroma and flavor to its smoke. Um, there's also different uh, yeasts that are indigenous to the region of Scotland that are um, clearly different than those used in the United States. And I think yeast does um, impart a much different flavor profile and aroma profile 
on um, the end product as it does with beer, as it does with wine. Um, but scotch primarily is that, that smoky aroma, smoky flavor when it first hits the palate because their grains are smoked, essentially. Um, so I think that sums up what is the difference between whiskey EY and whiskey Y. I really don't know how to answer that because it, it, like I had mentioned before, it seems to be a matter of personal preference, how you're going to spell it. And then the laws laid out in the United States versus the United Kingdom, they spell the word whiskey the same way. Um, I would just say that in my opinion, whenever you say whiskey, you have to pronounce it whiskey with the H uh, clearly uh, enunciated in there. Whiskey. Just like why and where and what. Um, so I hope that this has uh, been informative. Wraith 1013, I hope this answers uh, some questions. It may raise more questions than it does answer. Uh, but as always, I encourage listener feedback. I encourage um, questions, comments, suggestions for other topics. Uh, anyone who's interested in uh, interviewing with me, uh, I'd be delighted to have you by phone or in person. Um, just say so in the comments. So thanks for tuning in. Um, thanks for making this show um, successful, or at least what I would consider successful thus far. Um, let's keep this going. I'd like to see um, over 500 listens in the future. Uh, but this has been Denrock on the Borderlands podcast, Enlightenment from the Fringe. Until next time. <laughs>